Hello, sports fans. Welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates, with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whippeal. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey, folks. Welcome back for another episode of Bold Sports. Matt and I are sitting here, hanging out with Miss Stella, chilling on the couch. She's just looking at us like we're crazy because we're on episode 99. <laughs> right? She's like, don't touch me. Exactly. She's like, I'm cuddled. Leave me yeah. alone. Uh, episode 099, that uh, equates to Brett Kiesel, mm-hmm. uh, which most uh, current Steeler fans, uh, new Steeler fans, uh, know uh, wearing number 99. Uh, Matt, you and I also remember LaVon Kirkland. Oh, yeah. Who was a hell of a player as well in his own right. Um, linebacker. Uh, played a lot in the 90s. I think he was a late 80s guy. In 89, 90s, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, hell of a fucking player. Um, the 99s before that uh, weren't too stellar. No. Um, names I haven't... It's not saying I haven't heard of them, but... We're before our time. Yeah, well, well before podcasts were a thing. <laughs> Definitely. So, uh, and then we have the all-time number ninety-nine, the great one, Wayne Gretzky. All-time person to wear number ninety-nine. I mean, <clears throat> pretty much nobody can wear that number, like in the in the NHL, like ever again. Yeah, I don't think it's it's uh, discontinued. No, but it's just like. It's one of those to numbers. To do so that, would be like basically putting a target on your back. Yeah, like I also don't know anybody in the NHL that wears sixty six either. No, and the whole reason Mario wore sixty six was to pay homage to Gretzky as the upside down ninety nine. Yeah, so correct there. I don't. I don't know anybody in the NHL that wears ninety nine. I don't know anybody in the NHL that wears sixty six. There's a guy in the Premier League who wears sixty six. Um, Trent Alexander Arnold. For Liverpool. Okay. I think the story there is that that's just the number they gave him when he was a young player trying to make the team, and he just decided to keep it because he's been playing really well. Well, that is also in international soccer. Yeah. Not in the NHL. I'm just saying, like, you don't see a lot of 66 in any sport. True. You don't. You know? You, you see it more in football than anything. Yeah. Sure. Like yeah. our guy Fanica. Yeah. He was the he was the the football equivalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pitts, Pittsburgh fans that you know that like the number sixty six. I mean, there's yeah. there's Fanica, there's Lemieux, and there's like a handful of scrub pirates. <laughs> September collops, uh, as Matt likes to refer to them. Uh, also, uh, a notable that wore number ninety nine was Warren Sapp. Okay, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, longtime defensive tackle. Um, Super Bowl winner 2001 against the Raiders. Um, John Gruden's Super Bowl as a coach. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, he's a notable. Uh, didn't he, uh, was he the MVP? No. No, he was not the MVP. Uh, Derek Brooks, I believe, was the MVP of that game. But did, did Warren Sapp, was he the one who, like, went on Jimmy Kimmel immediately after the game? Potentially, because that was that was the year that Jimmy Kimmel like premiered. It's and they had they had like the first episode live after the Super Bowl, and I think they like flew somebody 
because the game was in like San Diego, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe LA. I that was the year that was the year that that guy for the Raiders went to Tijuana the night before the game. Yeah, and ended up going on a bender. Yeah, so and, that was insane. and missing yeah. the game. Yeah, so, so then so Diego. Jimmy so Jimmy Kimmel was in L.A. and like the big deal was like we're gonna get somebody from the Super Bowl, we're gonna fly them on a helicopter, and they're gonna be here in studio with us. Um, and I think that was Warren Sapp. Potentially, it was Warren Sapp, but I'm it wasn't because sure. he was the MVP. It was probably just because he was willing to go smoke weed with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, um, and I wouldn't be willing to smoke weed with Snoop Dogg. But you don't get drug tested like randomly. I do not, and after the Super Bowl, I don't think those guys get drunk tested. I mean, that'd be really cool if they did. That'd be really cool. Uh, Speaking about Snoop Dogg, real quick, um, because this is not... See, what I tell you about writing notes down and shit, and then stuff Mm. jogs my memory. Yeah. All right, because this wasn't in the notes, but it's jogging my memory. You had no way of knowing that I was going to mention Snoop Dogg. I did not. You couldn't, no have, you couldn't have made that note. I did not make that it's hard, note. It's hard to make notes on what I might say, because right? I'm kind of unpredictable. It is true. That's why we have you on the show. Oh, thanks. Um, but also, <laughs> uh, speaking about that, a lot of the college basketball teams are doing their midnight madness right now, mm-hmm. right? Um, so Kansas did their midnight madness and had Snoop Dogg. Wait, I saw something about this. Yes, at their midnight. Didn't madness, they have to like apologize? They apologized because Snoop Dogg came out and was doing his rap flow and DJing some shit and was cursing and also had stripper poles on the floor with strippers and came around with a money gun and was walking around the crowd with one of the big air guns just shooting money out into the crowd. Which, of course, is risky because if one of the players had got any of the money, they would have been suspended, (laughs) and Bill Self would have been fired by the NCAA, and they would have had to vacate all their wins, and, you know... Right. I don't know. But they apologized to all the alumni, (laughs) student body, parents, everything else, because Snoop Dogg... I'm like, but it's fucking Snoop Dogg. Yeah, what like, were you expecting? Like, okay, so Snoop Dogg you see hanging out with, like, Martha Stewart, and then you have Snoop Dogg that, like, hangs out with, like, Dr. Dre and, like, other people. But I now, think that Martha Snoop Stewart... Dogg, you, Snoop Dogg, you never know what you're going to get. Martha That's Stewart would be fine with a money gun and strippers... Right! ...and cursing, like, the I'd part is, be willing to bet. Martha Stewart's a felon, Snoop Dogg isn't. She'd probably be like, I was in with some of those girls, man. I'm glad they're out and working. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, she's a felon, Snoop Dogg isn't. But when you hire Snoop Dogg to do an event like that, you kind of know what you're going to get. I mean, what did they think he was going to do? Just, like, rap, like, the Kansas fight song, like, for for an hour? I don't know what they were thinking they were going to get, but Snoop Dogg definitely showed him up and was like, Yo, I'm Snoop Dogg. This is what I do. Like, he might have been, like, in contract deals. I'm like, yeah, I'll come do this. You pay me $10,000. I'll do this, do that, the other thing. And then he gets out on court, and he's like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I just... This, this is for the college kids, mostly. That's yeah. That's the other thing. Like, why... Why are you trying... It's like people who go to pit football games and complain about all the rap music that they play during timeouts. Oh, like, it's gosh. not about you, man. It's not about like, you. It's about, it's about what gets the, the college section. kids fired up. Exactly. Because, like, there are years when, like, nobody was going to those games and, and sitting in the student section. And, like, you know, the pit student section is a lot better now than it was from when I remember, like, you know, even when I was in, like, you know, high school looking at colleges. Um you know, and they said moving off campus was going to kill the experience. Well, you know, it, 
you get to ride a school bus and go to Heinz Field and they play, you know, sicko mode during a timeout, you yeah. know? And if you're, if you're like the kind of grown up who gets mad about that sort of thing, then like, I mean, they don't play that much rapid pirate games. So uh, only walk up music, walk up. Yeah. And that's because the players are allowed to pick what they want. Yeah, exactly. It's in the CBA. It is. The players get to pick their own walk up music. They do get to pick their own. I don't know <laughs> if that's actually in the CBA. But. Uh, I don't know if it is or not, but the players get to pick the 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 home team gets to pick their own walk up music. We'll talk about pirates a little bit later, but in the meantime, we really have to. We will a little bit, a uh, little bit, a smidge. Okay. Um, but we're going to talk about the most winning team in Pittsburgh right now, and that's the Pittsburgh River Hounds. Uh, the Hounds had a one-one uh, draw against the Atlanta United two this past Saturday. Goal by Nico Brett at the forty-fifth minute. Um. The stat lines show that the Hounds played a lot of defense in this game. Also, if you didn't see that goal, shame on you, sir. Mm. Shame on you. Because that goal was pretty sick. It was a um, not a penalty kick, but what's it called when you have the kick and you have the line of guys in front of Free you kick. that cover their knots? Yeah. Didn't we talk about this already? No, this was this past week. Okay. But there was one last week, too, apparently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's had two of these. Uh, Excellent. <laughs> yeah, uh, and kind of like you know he you know went over the line and bent it around again. Um, so yes, definitely. Uh, it was a pretty goal. It was a pretty play. Um, the Hounds are currently still in first place in the East in the USL and still have a game or two in hand and at least uh, two games left in the regular season. Are on the road this Saturday in St. Louis, in uh, and in Birmingham the following Saturday. The juggling isn't done, my friends, um, but the Hounds need wins or draws to maintain the number one position uh, yeah. to go into the playoffs to be the number one seed. Now so, they were they were looking for some help tonight. Um, there there was a a random midweek game. It was like a makeup or something we had yeah. against Memphis or some shit. Yeah, it was like um the heck. Louisville versus Nashville. Okay? okay. So we we were trying to put a little distance between us and Nashville. Um but we did not So there is some distance, not a lot. Uh the point differential. Uh currently uh the Hounds are they're both thirty two matches played, seventeen wins to eighteen wins. Uh, 11 draws to 7 draws, 4 losses to 7 losses, 62 points to 61 points. Uh, it's 56 games, 4, 54 against, or 54, 4, 30 goals against, 26 goals against, which is probably going to be the breaker. No, no, the Hounds have the tiebreaker, the 26 goal differential compared to Nashville's 28 goal differential currently. So... The Hounds are still in first, even though Nashville did flip over. Because when I looked at these uh, stats earlier this evening, writing these wonderful notes, um, Indy 11 was in second. Yeah. And Nashville was in fourth. So yeah, well, Na- Nashville bumped up a little bit. Nashville bumped up two spots to two, but it looks like the Hounds have the tiebreaker and the goal differential. Because that's the first tiebreaker, right, is goal differential. Yeah. So they have that tiebreaker right there. Uh, they also have the tiebreaker in goals four uh, and... They have the tiebreaker and goals four, and they have the tiebreaker and the goal differential. Okay. And they're also leading by one point in the points category. Okay. Probably based on because the Hounds have a lot of draws. 
where Nashville has seven losses and seven draws, where the Hounds have 11 draws and four losses. So that's where the yeah. point differential is is serious. Got to respect the point, you know? You do. And, and Like a draw is not as much fun as a win, but, but it counts. you're stacking points nonetheless. And it if is. you lose, you're not doing that. So you know, Soccer and hockey are the only two games that a, a, a tie is a point. Yeah. You know, and now in hockey, it used to be a point apiece. Now they go to a playoff or a shootout. Yeah. So somebody's walking away with two. But now, like, hockey generated that extra point. Yes. In so doing. Yeah, they did. Soccer's yeah. still like, it's it's the draw. Yeah. We're not going to shootouts. If, shoot if, you don't, regular, if, you, if nobody time. wins, if nobody wins, one of the available points just disappears. And that's, you know, that seems fair. Like, a lot of people, like, criticize the NHL because they call it the loser point. You know, like, if you make overtime, but you lose in the, you know, either in the skating portion or the shootout, like, you still get a point for being in the overtime, and then the winning team gets two. So a game that would have only been worth two points in regulation ends up being worth three somehow because one team gets an extra point in hockey. Now, do you think that's fair or not? Like, that's not the issue for me. The issue is, you know... Making making the teams play hard, you know, yeah, in the overtime. Having the teams play hard in the overtime, and they do it, and they now do a three on three overtime. Yeah, could you pretty... could you picture soccer doing a uh, three on three? Not a three on three, but maybe like a five on five, seven on seven. Maybe a five on five. Five on five is like how like Sunday leagues play. Like the field, the the regulation soccer field is way too big. It is. I, right, I would, soccer is huge. I don't think I'd really want to watch a five-on-five. Five. Like, there'd be too many just long passes. Stretch passes, stre- yeah, offside calls. Long balls, you know. Stuff like, like that. Guy, guys just, like, camping out in front of the offside line trying to, you know, get their head on something lucky. Yeah, hockey's doing three-on-three three now, and they're doing a five-minute overtime three-on-three mm-hmm. three to try to stretch the game, to try to... Because three-on-three hockey is very exciting to watch. Um, I don't know that five on five soccer would be exciting to watch. I don't think so. Um, and definitely three on three soccer would not be exciting to watch at all. Um, yeah, it, it's like it, it's almost getting to be like the time that I played my friend in one on one baseball. Yeah, he pitches, you batted, you ghost man. Like we had an all time pitcher. Oh, you had an all time pitcher. Yeah. Okay. And then we had the like, you just had to hit the backstop before the runner scored, basically, because you know. Yeah, you're basically you got to play like somewhere like deep short. I mean, we we played we played four on four pitchers poison, yeah, you know stuff like that. I get it. I mean, it's more of a drill. Yeah, when you when you're doing that, you know. Yeah, but like you you show up for practice and you don't have 18 guys on the team to like play a full like nine on nine baseball game, so you just you just have like round robin basically. Yeah, you know. But you got Those yeah days, uh, overtime soccer though. Uh, regular season. Now they're going to get into playoffs. Where playoffs, they're going to go to shootouts. The Hounds lost last year in yeah, a shootout. This is true. <clears throat> and I mean, it sucks, but it happens. I mean, shootouts... they went deep. They went deep in a shootout too. Yeah, and it's not like it was like no goals, and then the other team got one. It's because they don't run the whole. They don't run the whole team, but they do three and three. Yeah. And it's best of three, and then if it if it's tied up, then they go one 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 one. Yeah, and they went deep in a shootout, mm-hmm. which was really good for the Hounds, and it was at home at Highmark Stadium. Yeah, so the Hounds now apparently cannot lose 
a home game. <clears throat> so they'll they're guaranteed a home game in the playoffs, which is awesome. Because uh, they, they don't get, have any home games left in the regular season. Correct. So, correct. They have no home games, left, but but there were seeding in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think they can lose having a home game in the playoffs, mm. which would be cool. And now we'll have the hashtag fill the mark. Yeah. Going again. We'll have uh, the hashtag unleash. That's been going all year, and uh, I'm sure there'll be a few other hashtags floating around the Twitter and Facebook and Instagram sphere. Yeah, Pittsburgh soccer Twitter is good at the hashtags. Yes, so they are. Yeah. They're good to let everybody know what's going on. Hash- hashtags are fun, but you know, trophies are more fun. So need to get some trophies. Need to get yeah. some hardware inside the high mark. Absolutely, uh, that'd be awesome. Hey, they get a parade too. Yeah, you you would think that they would get a fucking parade. Um, I would hope they would get a parade. You would hope. <clears throat> I mean, I, I want that shit started down the East Busway. Don Grant Street to Stanwick and have him turn right, you know, and come down the Boulevard Allies. Like every yard parade. I think they should <laughs> just keep going until they cross over the Fort Duquesne Bridge and end up at PNC Park. Because <laughs> otherwise, the only parade otherwise yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll ever see at PNC Park. No, I mean, they could go across Smithville Street. And then go back to Highmark. Go back to Highmark, yeah. I guess that makes more sense. Yeah. And then and then everybody, I mean, not everybody, but yeah, a, a lucky few people will get into the pub. <laughs> yeah, right, because that pub's about as big as my living room. Yeah, it's, it's still bigger than that, but it's like... <laughs> okay, it's not about as much. big as my first floor. If you put, like, the whole team in there, like, you know, and all the staff and coaches and, you know... All right, they might wives have and girlfriends all right, and all right, parents. All right, the Sheridan. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a nice. That's a nice space. It is a nice um, space. Classy, you know. It is. It is. So, uh, have you been seeing on the uh, interwebs? Uh, there's a high school band in California um, that, during one of their timeouts of their high school football team, they were playing. I got five on it. No. Dude, I didn't know that. Look at that shit up. Okay, <laughs> it's the whole band, like with the uh, little xylophones and everything, playing it. I'll find it for you on a break. I mean, like, what's the big deal? Because it these, was cool. These kids today probably don't even know what that means. Correct, because you know, you know everything now costs way more than a dub. Yeah, right. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, you can't just get a dub sack anymore. You can't just like split up one of those vape cartridges. You know, they cost what they cost, and if you want one, you got to have the money. Nah, but apparently they got in trouble over it. Like, of course, uh, you know, because someone's both young and hip enough to know what I got five on it is, but also like old and crappy enough to like punish people. Yeah. And that's the sad part about how old we are, Steve. It is. It's like. I would I would hear We're that. We're sitting song. here like jamming like dude. I I'd be like, that's that's kinda cut up that they're playing that song. I wonder if that like I just said, I wonder if they even know what it's about. You know? But the, to think that there's like a principal who used to like smoke big fat blunts wow. in high school yeah. and now he's like a forty year old school administrator and he's like, mm, no, 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 no. Yeah, we can't have that can't playing have that. in school. Yeah. So It's like, dude, in nineteen ninety seven you were jamming this song. You know, rolling down the street in your Impala with fucking dub blades on it, smoking mm. a dub. <laughs> well, I don't think just boys. play I Love You, Mary Jane. 
Maybe. It's about a girl, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Uh, sp- Mary Mary. <laughs> Mary that's kind Mary. of Mary. Yeah, that's. I was. I was thinking of the other, like the the nineties, like R and B version. I forget who it's by. I I used to have like a source compilation tape that I kept in the kitchen where I worked, and that was like, oh, it's closing time. Time to listen to Mary Mary. Maybe go down, look behind the tomatoes, see if you find anything. Bring a lighter. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm going to check the tomatoes for tomorrow. Got a lighter on you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're not cooking them. We're just uh, yeah. You, you inspect them. You need a little extra light. Apples. Look, look for spots. I, I used to do that with the apples mm-hmm. and the fruit containers. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, though, um, speaking about uh, having five on it, Matt, you got five on it right now to speak about international soccer and what's going on in Champs League because there's a guy I know downtown that when I have a break. He also has a break, and he's got his iPad hooked up to, like, Champions League soccer going on. And something about, like, Tottenham got bounced and some shit. They're not out of it yet, but they're not good. Okay. Because um, he's a Tottenham fan. He's well, like, I'm a fucking Tottenham! <laughs> I, I feel bad for him. Um, they're not having a good year. Sorry. Um, it's, not, it's not the end of the world. Certainly not as far as this podcast is concerned. I didn't. I didn't think we were a Tottenham podcast. Um, oh, we're not. But I mean, yeah. So there's that Tottenham thing. Um, we spoke about them a lot last year because they were in the Champs League in the Champs Cup. Yeah, they they went uh, far last year. They uh, will not probably do that again this year. Um, similarly, I mean, I've I've been watching some Champions League. Um, a lot of the a lot of the big powers are not doing good though. Like Real Madrid, Barcelona, like they they have their issues right now. Um, you know Chelsea doing okay. Um, you know Man City is always somebody to you know watch out for. And you know, I don't know. I'm I'm not that into the Champions League yet. Like it, it's on. It's it's the group stage, but it's not going to get really interesting until. You know, teams start like getting on the bubble, so to speak, where like they have to win in order to like you know qualify. keep moving on. Because in, in the group stages, the there's four teams in a group. The top two move on to the knockout round, and then the third place in every group gets dropped down to the Europa League, which is like the NIT for soccer, basically. Um, so yeah, we've we've got that. Um, the most interesting thing for me personally is Crystal Palace is in sixth place. It's still really early in the season, and they've got like a really tough schedule coming up. Like they got to play like Tottenham, Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, and like Chelsea. That's like the death not, row of soccer. Not in that order specifically. I don't no, think. No, 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 not but that, that order. Is, but that's that is like, like, that's like, like the death row of soccer. That is their next five games in in like no particular order. And I don't. I don't follow soccer like you do, but... But you've heard of all those teams. But that is, like, seems to me like the death row of soccer. Now, probably currently in this day and age, that's not necessarily the death row of soccer, but at one point in time, it was. I mean, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, you, take, you take Tottenham out of there and, and put in Man United, and that's the way it would have been, like, 10, 15 years ago. Um, you know, back then, like, you had the big four, and it was, like... 
Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United. Yeah. Okay, United's down. Man City came and, like, you know, they got new owners and started spending a lot of money. So, like, now you would call the big four and you would say, like, talking English, big four. And you, you would say Man City, Liverpool. Um, City lost again last weekend. Okay. So, you know, they're not in very good shape right now either. Liverpool's kind of running away with it early on. Um, and then you've got, yeah, Chelsea. Chelsea's got a young team. Um, and a new coach who's like a legendary former player of theirs. Um, so there's, there's a lot of excitement around the team, but I think also some, you know, tempering of enthusiasm because they, they are inexperienced, you know, from, from the coaching position on down. Um, and then, yeah, there's Arsenal, which, you know, Arsenal's going to Arsenal. They're just, um, you know, they're always good enough to qualify for the Champions League, but they haven't really threatened to win a title since like 2003 I want to say when they went undefeated um and that was that was a you know that's hard to do I mean not even Man City or Liverpool has pulled that off in recent years and they are I think head and shoulders above the rest of the Premier League um but unfortunately that's all on hold because it's another international break so You've got you've got everybody going home to their national teams and trying to qualify for, you know, either the Euro tournament, or here in North America we've got the um, League of Nations, I think or, that it's called, or the Nations League. Sorry, League of Nations. That was so Woodrow Wilson's thing. So that's uh, uh, so that's what uh, Canada, U.S., Mexico, uh, Argentina. No, because Argentina is like the South American countries are a separate confederation. Um, the North Americans play also with like countries from Central America and the Caribbean. So like the U.S. men, they play Cuba. Okay, coming up is their next game, and they're probably gonna get <clears throat> stomped on. Probably not. I wouldn't say stomped on. Not 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 with Cuba. I mean, the last international break we lost to Mexico and we tied Uruguay. So. Losing to Mexico is kind of our thing. Um, when we were better, we were beating Mexico, and we get to talk a lot of shit about it. But, you know, this, this team that failed to qualify for the World Cup, like, they're also having trouble with Mexico just generally. Um, but the, the game against Cuba, let me see here. For those who are interested, that's Friday night at 7. So USA-Cuba, Friday night at 7. And that's the Nations League, so they are, you know, it's some kind of tournament. Not sure the exact format, but there's probably, you know, a group stage right now. <laughs> wow. Okay, so we're looking at some, like, 70s. It was 70s night <clears throat> <Okay>. <laughs> for the NBA. Uh, <laughs> and all the coaches were all dressed up in 70s coaching garb. Why would they do that in the preseason? That's such a that's such a cool gimmick. Like, uh, because you need people to fill the stands in the preseason. I would think. So what you're gonna be like trying to sell your preseason tickets, and then somebody tells you it's '70s night, and you're like, oh wait, never mind. I don't I don't want cash. I want to go watch a meaningless basketball game because like. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Luke Matt Walton's Matt, wearing bell bottoms. Matt Matt and I are like squirrels. We're like, oh, look at this on on ESPN right now. Uh, Speaking of squirrels, <laughs> did you see the guy at the Tennessee football game who brought a squirrel? 
I did. And he had this, and the squirrel was wearing like a tiny little squirrel-sized Tennessee football helmet and a tiny little squirrel-sized Tennessee jersey. You know, I can't say too much. And if shit. any fan base, I, I'd be willing to bet that there are several Tennessee fans who have pet squirrels. I can't say too much shit because I know a guy in North Burroughs that has a pet squirrel. Well, they're really so, friendly if you get yeah, them at the right you age. You get them at the right age. Exactly. My my friends in college had a squirrel basically like fall through their drop ceiling one night when he was like a baby. Yeah, and they and they like nursed him, like put him in a little like reptile tank and. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like a little hamster cage with yeah, a wheel? Well, oh. squirrel don't really go on a wheel. Yeah. The tail get caught up. Yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, they, they're too dignified for the wheel, man. Yeah. But, but, but no, like, if, yeah, you're right. If you get a squirrel at the right age, no issues on raising them up like a little kitten. Uh, or a puppy, for that matter. Uh, but in the meantime, folks, we're going to go ahead and take a break right now. And we'll be back, and we're going to talk a little bit of Pirates. And then we'll get into some more pressing baseball news. Uh, so take a break. Listen to what our friends at Sorgatron Media Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. All right, folks. And we're back for our second segment here at Bold Sports Episode 99. The Kiesel Edition. I like it. Uh, Kiesel, Gretzky... Kirkland. Sap. Kirkland. Kirkland. Yep. Definitely. We'll go with Kiesel because, you know, the beard. He's the most recent. He's the beard. He's the most recent. He's the beard. I mean, he has shear the beard every year. He's still out there doing doing his charitable work and, uh, you know. Still living in Pittsburgh. Yeah. A lot of the greats still do. Uh, in the meantime, though, we did say we are going to talk about some Pirates baseball. Um, the season is over. Thank God. Since about the All-Star break. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they still made us like pay attention, right? Um, no, we paid attention after the All Star break, and after that, we quit paying attention because the All Star break was whenever the season was over for the Pirates. I mean, if you wanted to know the story of the season, yeah, like the collapse immediately following the All Star break was the end of the season. was the end of the season. Uh, so the Pirates went ahead and did this thing, and they fired Clint Hurdle. Yeah, uh, and then they went ahead and fired, uh, which. These guys knew it was coming down the pipeline. Uh, Ray Searage and Tom Prince. Tom Prince did manage the last game of the season. Yeah. Um, as he found out about an hour before first pitch that he was going to be managing now, the last game of the does season. Does he count as like a manager, like an interim manager then? He does. He was an interim manager. So, so he like has the succession a, of managers? So, yes. He is a 0-1 manager. Okay. And that record will be with him... And it'll probably have an asterisk next to it because of baseball, like interim manager. It won't yeah. be like manager, it'll be interim. Because I um, have an idea for a t-shirt. You, you know those t-shirts that just say like the names of people with like ampersands? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like there's ones for the Beatles that just say George and Paul and John and Ringo. Yeah. And like I've seen some pretty lame ones. Like all the MSNBC primetime hosts, for example. Like who would ever who would ever pay for that and wear it? Apparently people will. My idea is to just have one with the names of all the Pirates managers since the last World Series title. So like every so like So Murtaugh and No, Chuck Tanner won it in seventy nine. Uh, Chuck Tanner and so Murtaugh then, and No, the ones who haven't won. So like Leland on down to like Hurdle. Well well Murtaugh didn't win. Yeah, he did. In seventy one. Okay. Sorry. I'm 
going backwards. You're going too far back. I'm going too far. I'm back. talking like during our lifetime, all the shit teams. All right, all right. So yeah, Chuck Tanner. Yeah. Okay. Won the World Series in seventy. He doesn't go on the shirt because he he's got a ring. He won. Leland goes on it. So Leland. Gene Lamont. Uh, Leland, Lloyd McClendon. Gene Lamont. Lloyd McClendon. Jim Tracy. Jim Tracy. John Russell. John Russell. Clint Hurdle. Clint Hurdle. Tom Prince. Tom, asterisk. Tom Prince. Asterisk. Yeah. And then who's next on the shirt? Well, that's what we're gonna talk about. Who? Oh, that was one, that was my segue. Who who might be next is there's a former pirate catcher, um, that has thrown his name in the hat per se. And before you get excited, folks, I hate to say it, but it's not Tony Pena. No, <clears throat> it's not the guy with the punched out leg behind the plate. It's the guy with the punched out ankle Ugh. trying to beat out uh, <clears throat> trying to beat out an infield bunt to break up a no hitter. Uh, <laughs> my friend was a camp counselor at, that summer, and he said one of his campers like threw up when he saw that ankle injury. That's oh, how bad it was. Dude, that was rough. <laughs> and it was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, which yeah. made it even worse. Yeah. Like, come on, Sports Illustrated, have a little bit of class. We don't need to see bone and blood just gushing on your cover. I always wondered if, like, I always wondered how a kid at camp would have seen a pirate game. Wouldn't it be fucked up if, like, he didn't he didn't see the game because, like, they're doing, like, camp activities. But, like, his parents, like, sent him the Sports Illustrated after they were done with it. Like, here you go. Here's... We figure you don't get Rotten.com up there at camp, so we decided to send you this gruesome Sports Illustrated cover. Here you go, pal. Wow, you brought back Rotten.com. I mean, it never went away, did it? I don't know. I'm I just afraid I, to look. I, haven't, I don't know what would come up now in that Google search. Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. uh, But in the meantime, though, Jason Kendall, uh, nine years with the Pirates, 15 years total in MLB, um, played with the Padres, played with Kansas City Royals, uh, made his home in Kansas City after he finished his career. Uh, he was uh, a um, uh, an, uh, Kansas City advisor and as well as a Kansas City scout coach and a uh, Kansas City, I think he is a, a bench coach with them. He does have a World Series ring with Kansas with City. With Kansas City, yeah. Uh, being in the organization. Well, here's the thing, okay, so... He threw his name in the hat and said, I'd love to take over the Pirates team, uh, be their manager, and, you know, get, get that ship righted straight, essentially is what he said. And they, they asked him, he said, look, he goes, I spent the first nine years of my career there. I was drafted there. He goes, he goes, I, every year I played there, the team was under 500. Uh, I, I, you know, I feel I owe some of that city to see that, uh, come full circle and whatnot. And, and he's like, I'd be a hell of a manager. He goes, uh, you know, you gotta, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated, and he's talking the right words and so forth. Okay, but he's he also, a hell of a catcher. Yeah, and he's catchers, a hell of a player. Catchers make good managers. They do because um, they see the game, the whole field. They're kind of like the captain out there. Yeah, they are. You know. Now here's the thing, okay? And I don't. I'm certainly like I'm not holding it against Jason Kendall because, like, I think anybody wants to make more money than they're making currently, but like. Pretty sure managing the pirates, like even the tight ass nuttings, are gonna pay him more to manage the team than whatever he's making doing scouting and and you know roving instruction or whatever the hell whatever the hell he's doing. So like, 
hell, if I had any ties to the Pirates and if I had any kind of baseball career on my resume, like, I too would would say, like, hey, like, I'll, I would be happy to interview for this job. Doesn't mean I'm the right person for it. Doesn't mean I'm going to make a difference. Well, um, Jason Kendall said that nothing, nothing nor Huntington have reached out to him. And he and in the interview I read uh, by two different people interviewed him, and they I read them, and they both because they're going they to hire somebody they, whose house is about to foreclose. They, they lined and up, they're going to be well. like, "How much do you need?" And he's going to be like, "You know, I owe like eighty thousand dollars to pay off my mortgage," and they're going to be like, "We'll pay you eighty thousand dollars to manage the pirates." Done. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that, I think like, we'll give like you eighty thousand dollars, pay off your mortgage to stay in Pittsburgh. And then we'll pay you a hundred thousand. I don't know where that number that. came from. It couldn't yeah. be because that's how much I owe on mine. But like, <laughs> nutting, if you're listening, um, I can count to nine. Um, I know the difference between wait, the wait, National wait, League wait, and wait, the wait, American wait, League. Wait, wait, I won't. I won't wait. screw up. You can only count to nine. I can count higher than nine. Well, you're a bad Catholic if you only count to nine because I know as a Catholic boy we only learned to count to twenty-one because after that you bust. Uh, wow. <laughs> but <laughs> man. I only count. There's only five glorious mysteries, so that's 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 the only number that mattered to me. Um, you obviously didn't have a pre steel blackjack at your festival, did you? Yeah, I never. Uh, it was poker at the festivals I went to, and we had that too. But just 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 like how today, I'm too intimidated to just go sit down at a poker table with a bunch of old guys, like. You know, same hey, goes for when I was 15. It all stems from then. Yeah. So, like, uh, now, Chuckaluck is a different, you know, you want, you want to play some Catholic Chuckaluck? Oh, Chuckaluck wheel? Catholic Chuckaluck wheel. It's got to be Catholic Chuckaluck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, you got to you gotta take all the fives your mom gives you and go lose them <laughs> to the church. Yep. It was for a good cause, Mom. It, <laughs> my friend once went up, like, $40 shooting fucking craps at a church <laughs> festival because that was the they didn't have chuckaluck they had dice and we had dice we, we had chuckaluck we had blackjack we, had poker. I, we were like 15 years old no 16 because somebody drove so like yeah six, 16 year old like brings like 10 bucks to a church carnival like next thing he knows he's got 50 and then like two minutes after that he's got zero <laughs> yeah I mean, I've been it's, there. It's a good strategy, honestly. I've been, I've been there as an adult. It's small. Dude. It's not a lot of money. It's not. But if you've got like a, like an adult watching, then you can definitely tell like which kids are gonna have a problem when they get older, <laughs> and maybe you can intervene. <laughs> it, it, trust me, as an adult, I've had that issue at church festivals. But as an adult, I learned. As an adult, they're like Steve. <laughs> we haven't seen you in church in like fifteen like, years. And I'm like, shut up, deal the cards. Yeah. <laughs> You could you could wipe out your whole bank account and you probably still owe us money based on the suggested like weekly donation on the envelopes that you never send back. Correct. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but in the meantime, though, uh, Jason Kendall, do you think he would be a good hire? Seriously. Hungry, 45 years old, still has the player mentality, still has that drive, has that but... Coming into the Pirates organization, knowing he's not gonna, he's gonna have to develop a team and not have one handed to him, and not have any input in who they draft and so forth and whatnot. But the team he's given and having to develop what he has, 
he said that you know having Reynolds, Polanco, and Marte all healthy should be the deadliest outfield in the National League. Now I don't know if he was saying that defensively or offensively. I think defensively he's correct. Offensively, eh? Depends on the day. We've of the got week. a good outfield, but <laughs> I, I have to say that you know I listened to the Rays radio broadcast tonight, and like every inning break, they were selling season tickets for next year on the shoulders of Austin Meadows. <laughs> uh, well, so I've been hearing about the Pirates' dangerous outfield for like ten years now. We all have, and you know, we've been hearing about Austin Meadows for the last five. It's like I've got more more magic beans growing on my back fence than I ever got from, like, any any Pirates outfield deal. Um, the way I look at it, Jason Kendall, yeah, he's young. So if he can manage at all, then, you know, the Pirates are a good place for him to show what he's capable of. He has no because, managerial experience. But, right, okay, so, like, the Yankees aren't going to up and hire Jason Kendall. No. Okay? Um, the Mets have a managerial opening. Um, I don't think they're going to hire Jason Kendall because their last manager was kind of like a sort of outside the box. Didn't work out so well for them. Um, but it's interesting that someone who seems to be lobbying for the Mets job as a forward player is Carlos Beltran. So now they, they don't seem to think that he's going to be the guy because like I said, like the Mets already did an experiment now the Pirates, yeah. on the other hand, like Clint Hurdle was not an experiment. Like he had a good track record as a manager. He had manager um, experience. He brought in. He was known to fix teams, but he was also known to lose teams. Yeah. And so he, and, and no offense to Clint Hurdle, I don't think he was the proper firing in this position. Um, I'm not surprised was, they I, fired him. Though. I think he was the fall guy. Yeah. Um. I, I. But I do think he lost the team. How many uh, uh, clubhouse? interactions did we hear about this year well they were bad among each other but like we didn't hear anything about like people beefing with clint hurdle they weren't beefing with clint hurdle they all seemed to like him yeah they all seemed to like him now if kendall comes in and you know people don't like him but he like does well does well enough to earn an interview at a maybe like better I guess what I'm saying is that Jason Kendall... I look Kendall, at this way. Jason, Jason Kendall's out there lobbying to, hey, I would like this job. It would be who of Bob Nutting and Neil Huntington and Coonley to give him a fucking phone call. Yeah, sure. For and sure. be like, hey, come to Pittsburgh. We'll pay for your airfare. We'll take you out to dinner to fucking Cap Grill or Hyde now, Park. If, and if we'll talk be, about this and see If what's he up. wants the Pirates to be a stepping stone, like, the Pirates can't get a... The Pirates are in no place... To be offended by the notion that someone would use them as a stepping stone at this point. Because no. that's all they've been. For, since we've been They were a stepping kids. stone for Garrett Cole. They were, they, were a, <laughs> shit, they were a stepping stone for Barry Bonds. They were a stepping stone for, you know... A lot of players. A lot of, a lot of players. Over the years. Yeah. I mean, even Jim Leland, like... Jim Leland... Left the Pirates to go on to win a World Series. That was bought and paid for. But, yeah. Well, that's how you win World Series. Yes, it that's is. The whole, that's the whole point. Yeah. The fact that Jim Leland won a World Series in Florida should say something. And he built teams and has three AL championships with Detroit. You know. Right, and part of the success of Detroit was, you know, Dave Dombrowski, uh, who just got fired by the Red Sox for spending too much money on pitchers. Yeah, so why wouldn't 
they even entertain having him coming in uh, to interview for the GM job because they won't fire because the GM. Dombrowski won't go anywhere that he can't spend. Yeah, like nine figures on payroll and spend most of that on. If he had, if he had spent if he had spent the, the if the Red Sox instead of paying Chris Sale and David Price if they were paying Garrett Cole and Charlie Morton right now. Dombrowski would still have a job. Right. And the Red Sox would yeah. probably be in yeah. the playoffs Dombrowski, right now. Dombrowski gets fired towards the end of the season after winning the World Series. You know? Because he spent way too much money on pitchers. They got injured and had issues. And the Red Sox are sitting at home. They're playing golf right now. You know? Wherever they may be. Yeah. Um, I get that. I understand. But, uh... I just think if you want to hire Jason Kendall, like go right ahead. Um, Who managers else don't make managers don't make that big of a difference anyway. I mean that was true in like the seventies. Well, managers make the big of a difference on how they shuffle the lineup and how they shuffle uh, ins and outs, and also how they manage the bullpen. But even in like the seventies, like Billy Martin would say, like you know the manager. I mean, the manager might account for like seven extra wins or losses depending on like decisions they make. Yeah. And the rest of it comes down to players. And Jason and that Kendall, was and that was Jason before... Kendall Jason Kendall even said that. And and in the one interview I read, he's like managers account for about ten to fifteen losses a year. Right. But that's that's gonna like change because nowadays you've got the front offices telling the managers like how to manage their pitching staff and and how to like you know who to bat in, like, what situations. You know, like, what what the lineup should look like against a lefty versus a righty. Like, that is increasingly coming from the front office with the analytics. And I'm not and knocking... Scouts, I'm not and knocking... Else. And that's why Ray Sears got fired, because he's yet to embrace the whole analytics theory. Well, that's bullshit, because, like, what about Garrett Cole? Like, the whole fucking problem with Garrett Cole was that they wanted him to pitch to contact because they, they had a like a mathematical reason for believing that the pirates, you know, would allow fewer runs if they were able to like get balls put in play. Okay. And Garrett Cole didn't seem too happy no. with that. Cause he's and like, now, now he's in Houston and they're just like throwing straight gas, just throw it. And yeah. he's got 300 strikeouts and he's about to get a Cy Young. Yeah. And also the thing of that is Houston has a defense behind him. Uh, Houston is sitting there with uh, uh, El Tuve just gobbling up everything that comes through that middle infield. Uh, the Pirates at that point, when Garrett Cole was here, they wanted to pitch a contact, but they didn't have a defense behind them that could scoop up balls and could go ahead and cut across the middle and make a diving catch and do a flip ball, uh, you know, over to the other uh, player to tag the base and throw a double play. That's the issue that they that the Pirates had, and that's why they're like, "Oh, well, we're gonna pitch a contact. We got a field behind you." They didn't have a whole lot of infielders behind them that were able to just suck up balls and make plays. He's in Houston now, where he's got a team behind him, but they're like, "Hey, go out and pitch your game. Go do this. Let your catcher call the game. Your you and your catcher sit down, and you know you you're sitting down. And that's where you do book work and tape work and like, hey." Um, so-and-so has come up to bat. He's a first-pitch fastball hitter. You know, guess what? Don't throw him a first-pitch fastball. 
Yeah. You know, throw him a first pitch slider. Well, Houston also did a full on tank. Oh yeah. While they did. the Pir- while the Pirates were trying to crack into the playoffs with McCutcheon, Marte, and Polanco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The win Cole now, the win Burnett, now concept. That whole yeah, like the Pirates were in like a win now, like the the window, so to speak. Yeah. While that window was open for the Pirates, it was effectively closed for Houston. So what they decided to do was to just tank and get high draft picks and just like keep their powder dry for when lo- those draft picks you know, came along to the majors and then they were able to, you know, add pieces in free agency and so forth. And the Pirates, they they don't seem to be talking about doing like a full a no, full They're rebuild. not talking about doing a full They're rebuild. not gutting they're not gonna gut the Pirates like they gutted that house on the corner of Bay Ridge and Stebbins. <laughs> that just listed for two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. No, four bedrooms not. though. I mean that's four bedrooms a twice lot. what I got. That's a lot. I don't I wouldn't want to live with that many people. To be honest, because <laughs> you're like, I can afford to have it on my own, and I wouldn't want to live with that many people. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been to college. I'm done. I'm done with multiple roommates. You're like, I got a two bedroom house, and one of them's my office. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no. In the meantime, Major League Baseball in general, we're in the middle of the playoffs right now. Did you see that play? Which play? The the relay throw to get Altuve at the plate tonight. Oh, I did see it on the replay. I that didn't was see it incredible. Live. Uh, well, I heard it on the radio. Well, that's why I was texting you. I'm like, hey, you're like, I'm doing this game. I'm like, cool, I'm doing some notes. And I, and I was watching the Penguin game tonight. Mm-hmm. And after Penguin's game. Oh, I forgot game, all about that. And then I was watching the Pens game tonight. And then uh, that's why I messaged you. I'm like, hey, uh, how's your game going? You're like, in the seventh inning, if this ever happens to finish, uh, I'll be able to record hopefully sometime tonight. I'm like, cool. I start flipping the channels. I'm like, what channel is this on? You're like, FS1. I'm like. Because I went to, like, TBS, TNT, Fox. Of course, I didn't get into FS1 yet. You know, and I'm, I'm like, ah, FS1, there it is. And I actually get FS1. You gotta be thinking cable. Uh, well, I, that's why I was thinking TNT, TBS. Yeah, they're not gonna, they're know, not gonna put games on Fox uh, until the World know, Series. But it was FSN. And I'm, I'm like, shit. I'm like, well, actually, wait, I get that channel. Because we scaled down our cable package to save a little bit of money, which, meh. Here or there, that's a whole nother story. Yeah, uh, I'm mad when I can't watch like Bar Rescue, but yet I can watch like Drag Queens Come Home. Um, but you know, whatever. Uh, in the meantime, though, the Yankees uh, move on over top of the Twins in a uh, three-game sweep. Yeah, yeah. The Yankees have beaten the Twins in 16 consecutive postseason games. Whew. Wow. Yeah. That's a number. Now, I know Pedro Martinez, like, all due respect, but I think that the Yankees are now someone else's daddy. <laughs> you got you got a new stepbrother, Pedro. It's called the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. There's that. And you got the Dodgers and the Nats are going to game five tomorrow night. Um, as well as the Cards and the Braves, they're going to game five. Um Astros and Rays were in Game Four tonight. We saw the outcome of that was the Rays wanting, winning, winning that, forcing a Game Five. Um, Do you hear about the pitching matchup tomorrow? No, but no, for I, the Game Five. Yeah, for the Game Five, I did not hear. It's gonna be Garrett Cole versus Tyler Glass now. Really? Yeah, Pirate fans. Because I just want to talk real quick about Charlie Morton, who has four. 
deciding games he has won. Yeah, and that that game yesterday was early, and it I, was early. I forgot. Was early I didn't even I didn't even realize there was a game on, and I, you know, I'm I'm playing around like getting ready for work at like four in the afternoon, um, you know, and I and I see like a news alert about oh Charlie Morton like he did it again, and uh, great. I wish I could have seen it, but you know, it's hard to get used to these like Tuesday afternoon games. In the playoffs. Well, yeah, because in the first round of the playoffs, they're throwing two games in the afternoon and two games at night. They're doing like a, a 1 o'clock, a 4 o'clock, a 7, and a 9. Mm. You know, in the first round of the playoffs because they're five-game series. And they're doing, you know, an early NL, an early AL, a regular NL, and a regular AL, depending on the, the coast now at that, that point. But the, the first Friday... Of the baseball playoffs, when they do the like quadruple header, to me that is better than the first day of March Madness. It just is. Um, well, yeah, because you have a day. I, you I have a love day of baseball just all day long. Yeah, I love playoff baseball, and like I can't, you know, I can't take my eyes off. Like, well, okay, so that Yankee game Friday night, like that was that was the first game of the series, and it, it ended a blowout. But, like, the first seven innings were, like, really, just really interesting baseball. Um, you know, and I I don't like to miss playoff games. I Like, I listen to the radio a lot so I can, you know, do stuff around the house. Like, while I'm waiting for, like, the post game to start, for example, tonight. But, you know, there's there's really just nothing better than than playoff baseball. Like, it just changes, like, the whole like scope of everything like you you watch a regular season game and you're like why do i care about these two teams that aren't the pirates you know you, you, you put it in the postseason and it's like you're on every pitch because every pitch could be a game deciding home run well and then you had uh another former pirate uh martin melanson give up a game in the ninth inning so that was a big swing uh, yeah. there. Uh, but his team still has a chance to win the series. They do. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, but that that, fir- that was the first game of the Atlanta series. Um, was it the first or the second game? Second. It was the second that Melanson blew. Yeah. The, okay, yeah. So the first game they won. The Braves won. In spite of the fact that Cervelli struck out in like a key situation, like that, that was hard to watch. Wait, wait, Cervelli struck out in a key situation? Yeah, you're telling me this that that happened again? Yeah, but Just this time it meant uniform. something. Yeah, well, yeah. All right, I'm still rooting for Cervelli. I'm still rooting for Cervelli. You know, I I, I like to see all, you know, former Pirates that have moved on um, do well. Uh, because I, I have no ill will towards them as people and players. Yeah, of course not. Um, they just happen to start out with a subpar uh, organization. Yeah. Uh, essentially. So, you know, you have that going for you. Uh, and like you said, this matchup, uh, two days from now. So mm. we're on, what, Tuesday night? So Thursday night matchup uh, with Garrett Cole and Tyler Glass now. And that's going to be in Houston, right? Yeah. So, that's... Hey, Pirate fans. 
Now, the dilemma there is... Maybe it's not a dilemma. Garrett Cole is on fire. Um, yeah, he is. He's been on Houston, fire all year. Houston has He's a Cy advantage. Young Award candidate. You would, you would think that Houston has the edge. I, I kind of have a soft spot for the Rays. But the winner has to play the Yankees. Yeah. So if you want to stop the Yankees... You gotta put Houston. I think you need them. Houston. Yeah, you know, and we're all about stopping the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you are. I am. You are. I. You kind of could care less. Personally, couldn't care less. I think that you know, they're not as odious as Yankees teams of the past because they're they're a lot of young guys that they developed. But the Yankees of the past that we grew up with in the nineties and. Whatnot uh, were teams that y- the Yankees developed. It was just more of the in-your-face Steinbrenner that made everybody either love or hate the Yankees, um, and that was George Steinbrenner, not the current Hal Steinbrenner. Right. But George Steinbrenner, who bought the team in what seventy-five. Yeah. Um, and then that whole late 70s Yankees and then there was the 80s Yankees which didn't do a whole lot and then there was the 90s Yankees and the early 2000s Yankees which just blew everybody off the boards and they're like oh they're Yankees they bought and paid for it they bought and paid for a piece here and there but they developed pretty much their whole team within their organization I mean Derek Jeter was a draft pick Mariano Rivera was a draft pick Jorge Posada was a draft pick I mean (laughs) You know, <laughs> fair enough. I mean, but, but they I, would also, I, but they would I, also go out and spend oh, oh, yeah, money they, on guys that oh, like, yeah, they nobody threw, else could afford. They threw eighty million dollars at Johnny Damon. Yeah, they A-Rod. threw they, they threw you know a hundred million dollars. Yeah, they bought out a Rod's contract. Mark Teixeira. They, Mark Teixeira. They, they they threw what a hundred million dollars at Roger Clemens. Okay, I. That's know, where it comes from. That's where it comes from. And they don't have that this year. So. They don't. Yeah, they, they they don't have. They haven't been doing it. They're more tolerable. And I gotta say, like, you know, there's something about. Well, they, I, it's 20, not twenty twenty seven world championships. Yeah, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty seven. And yeah. it's it's not the same stadium anymore. No, it's the but new. But it's still stadium. a really good atmosphere mm-hmm. for a playoff game, especially. So, yeah, like I I wouldn't mind watching. Seven games of Yankees Astros. I think that would be pretty damn entertaining. It would be pretty damn entertaining. My heart is still just wanting to root for Tampa. Yeah, I can see that the underdog, the you know, all the way through. Uh, In the NL, who do you who do you like in the NL? Uh, I mean, mean, you got Braves cards. I got Dodgers. um, I admit that I'm rooting for the Braves in this round against the Cardinals. Well, yeah, that's just because of the division thing. And, and then, like, the Dodgers, eh, it's time for them to put up or shut up. Especially in the last five years. You know? Where they've fucked themselves out of a World Series the last five years. Either losing in Game 7 of the NLCS or losing in the World Series to Houston. And I, Kansas City, um, they lost to Chicago in a horrible Game 7 NLCS. Chicago went on to win their World Series against Cleveland. And Cleveland fucked that shit up. Yeah. Um, Cleveland should have had their World Series, but no, they fucked that shit up. They did. Um, you know, Cleveland has a tendency to fuck World Series up. They've done three in our lifetime. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but 
yeah, Dodgers, it's, yeah, like you said, is there a time to put up or shut up? I mean, and we'll see how that plays out. And I, I haven't... They're going to a game five against the Nationals. And, and I, I mean, haven't That's what, West followed, Coast right now, right? Yeah. That's Dodgers home field, so yeah, that that's a West Coast game. Mm-hmm. Is that tomorrow? Uh, uh, I think so. I don't know. I'm going to look it up, but like... It's here Wednesday or Thursday, so we're see, recording on a Tuesday night, my, folks. My feelings about that series... I like, wouldn't mind seeing Washington. I I wouldn't. It wouldn't like make me sad if the Dodgers lose. But I haven't, I haven't followed the Nationals enough this year to like have any like positive feelings for them. Um, Scherzer and Strasburg. Yeah, I know. That's all I know. They've had them. For, it feels like forever. Uh, yeah. For, well, it, they've hey, had Strasburg as long as Garrett Cole has been in the majors. Well, uh, I remember Strasburg's first game vividly. It was here. It was against no. It was in it was in Washington. It was in Washington, but it was against the Pirates. It was against Pirates. Okay, and I remember sitting at the R bar, watching that game, and he had a no no, going through six, and they were like, he's got a pitch count because it was his first game in the majors, and they're like, if he gets to a hundred pitches, they're gonna pull him. Yeah, and the no no ended ended. Uh, I think it was Russell Martin uh, broke up the no no. Against uh, Strasburg in his debut at like 97 pitches, and they came out and pulled him right there. Mm. Um, but it was it was ridiculous, like because you can't break up a no no. But we've seen that a couple times this yeah. year. Uh, there was almost a uh, combined no uh, a combined perfect game two weeks ago. Mm. Uh, you know, and I'm like, how do you have a combined perfect game? Why would you pull the starting pitcher? Like he was on a pitch count. He was a September call up. Oh, okay, but still, why fuck with that shit? You yeah. know, who knows? All right. So tomorrow, Wednesday, is is what tomorrow is to us as yeah, we right. record here on Tuesday. Yeah. All right. So Wednesday night, you've got Cardinals Braves at five. Okay. And then Nationals Dodgers at eight thirty. Ooh. Okay. And then Thursday will be Rays Astros at seven. With the aforementioned Glasnow versus Cole battle of the former Pirates pitching stars. I'm really going to be into that AL game more than, more than I will be to the, the National League game. Yeah. I might have to watch it on mute just so I don't have to hear endless references to how both starting pitchers came from the Pirates organization. Yeah. Just a little thing. Yeah, because that's all they're going to talk it's about. It's merely a coincidence they're gonna at this talk point. About that shit. I don't. I don't know why. the The story should be like, can you believe that they didn't just quit baseball after that experience? Well, we're going to move on from baseball right now and move on to a little bit of the uh, NHL uh, real quick. Um, the Penguins. Basically, what I'm talking about the NHL. We're just going to talk Penguins real quick. Um, this is a new season, folks. Um, game one. Game one, already, uh, Amanda and I uh, were out for the evening at an event and so forth during the uh, game one home opener, and at the end of the event we were at, um, we ended up having a cocktail, and we caught the last 10 minutes of the third period. Okay. And the bar we stumbled into had the game on. And I was in watching, and she's like, are you going to pay attention to me, or are you going to pay attention to the game? I'm like, I can do both at the same time. I'll just turn my head the other way. And um, so, I already had high anxiety in game one of this fucking season, where the Penguins in the third period 
are down two goals. It's three to one. Pens are down two goals. And with two minutes left, they have a power play and they pull the goalie. So they have a six on four and they cycle and cycle and cycle and cycle the puck and never fucking shoot it. Uh, the puck gets broken up. I don't know how many times. Uh, almost goes in for an empty netter. Uh, there was a breakaway during that period of time and a defenseman had to get back to break up the breakaway. I was like, really? This is game one and this is what you're going to do to me right now? Like, yeah. seriously? Like, oh my God. Like, this is game one of 82 games. I'm already going to have a heart attack. What the fuck? And then they go into game two, and then they blow that shit off the doors with 7-2 to win. Woohoo, where'd that shit come from? Then we have find out that Evgeny Malkin is out with a lower body injury, and so is, uh, 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 is it Brian Rust? Yeah, Rust, all, Rust had the hand. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, he's got the hand. Uh, there's somebody else, though, that has a uh, lower body injury that is out. So we're like, what the hell, right? Right. So tonight, you have game three, not playoffs, regular season. The highlight of my night was it being Mike Lang night. Oh, yeah, I did see that. And they honored Mike Lang on the ice before the game. He gave a beautiful speech. He's been the pens, the voice of the pens for, what, 30-plus years? I don't know, probably more than that. I'm 40, and I remember him you know, yeah, it's, vividly. He's, he's so. been here since the 70s. Okay, so yeah. So he's the voice of the pens. Some of his stuff, it made me tear up a bit. It was great. Um, and then he's in the broadcast booth. Mike Lang's only on radio now. Mm-hmm. Um, no more TV. He's only doing home games. Uh, he's not traveling. I think if he does travel, it's a short travel, like to like Columbus or Detroit mm-hmm. or something like that. Buffalo, maybe. Um, but tonight's Pens game, uh, uh, I feel a little concerned. I mean, even with the Malkin injury and the Ross injury, Crosby had his first goal the uh, season tonight, which is awesome. Get him going. The Pens let off with a 1-0 uh, lead and then gave it up. Uh, there was no uh, defense in front of the net uh, at all. There was no, um, you know, the whole, like, let's break this shit up. Uh, also, on the offensive attack, uh, there was no um, putting guys in front of the net. Let's like scoop up the garbage and get those pucks in. There was the uh, power play. It was cycle, cycle, cycle. There was very little shots on power play. Uh, the neutral zone was horrible. They kept getting broken up in neutral zone. The one goal uh, that was scored by the Jets tonight uh, was a complete like intercepted pass. Like in the neutral zone, which turned on to a two-on-one breakaway, uh, which is ridiculous. Shouldn't have happened uh, because it, it was just not using your head. Now I say that as a guy sitting here watching on a big screen TV and not on the ice as a coach or a player, for that mm-hmm. matter. Um, who knows what they saw when he was trying to pass the puck over? Uh, but it was somebody that was coming off off the. You know, off the boards on a on a uh, swap on a change. So I don't know. Uh, it, it's only game three of the season. The Pens are one and two. Um, <laughs> there's seventy nine more games to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I watched a little bit on Saturday. Um, well, you watched the good game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I I watched the first period so. 
Oh, you didn't see that much. Didn't really see anything. Right. The first period was, uh, let's feel each other out. Yeah. A lot of dumping. Oh, yeah. A lot of dump and chase. A lot of cycle and everything else like that. Um, but, yeah. Uh, it, I wasn't impressed or enthralled uh, tonight. And, of course, the game I didn't get to watch um, was the game that they won 72. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> You know, I had an event that night at the home opener. Didn't get together to a home opener. Had an event that night that Amanda and I were at. Uh, game two, I was at work, and we don't have cable at where I work at uh, for <clears> a particular <throat> reason. And then game three, I did get to sit down and watch the whole game tonight and do notes for this podcast and was like, huh, just, huh, really? Well, the, the, the big news that I got from my sister who attended the game on Saturday is that they have big hard seltzers <laughs> at the arena this year. For $12. Yeah. <laughs> if you can afford it. <laughs> might, you might be interested. Alright, folks. Thank you very much for uh, listening to segment two here of our podcast, episode 99. Uh, Matt and I will be right back with these messages from our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview. We'll be back in just a few moments, folks. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. All right, folks. Thank you very much uh, for checking out what our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview have going on with them with Awesomecast, Russell Mayhem, Fishing Michelle Bait, and several other shows. Uh, but in the meantime, we're back here at Bold Sports. We're going to finish back our third segment here with some football talk uh pit this past weekend uh went down to duke um and pretty much had a shootout win 33 30 uh they were up they were down <laughs> well they were, they up, were up big <laughs> and then they blew it and they were down two and then they came back i don't know if you got to see it uh unfortunately no because i was at my work that doesn't have cable. Well, it um, wasn't on cable, I don't think, anyway. No, it was on the ACC network, and yeah, I couldn't even get on my phone because my phone company doesn't... Su- or my, my cable company that streams through my phone doesn't support the ACC network. No. So I could only have an earbud in listening to it if I was able to do that where I work and listen to Bill Hillgrove. But okay. I was not able to do that. I was able to get the updates on my phone. Okay, so I... I can log in through my phone, through my Verizon subscription, and for all my complaints about Verizon's streaming services... And, and they access, offer the ACC network. They offer the ACC network, that's right. Um, so, I went Saturday night, because I had the night off, unexpectedly. Wait, you had a Saturday night? I had a Saturday off. Who'd you fuck for that? I didn't fuck anybody. <laughs> I, asked for, I asked for a night off to go to a thing, and then the thing ended up not happening. So, I ended up with a free night. So we went to see the Joker movie. Oh. And then we got out of there and got to the bar just in time to stream the fourth quarter on my phone. Ah. So I was like the only person able to watch Pit at game. the place where I was, like pumping my fist and yelling at one point when you know, when Pitt had their comeback in the fourth quarter. It was pretty entertaining. For I saw I saw the highlights uh, where it was kind of like back and forth in the fourth, and then Pitt had the final drive, and 
and they were down four and got the touchdown. Yeah. And then kicked the extra point, and then there was like what ten seconds left on the clock at that point in time. Mm, there was more than that. There was there was enough time. To... But but French was the one that had the the winning touchdown. Yeah. Um, French with two Fs, by the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So if you've watched as many pit games as I have this year, which is like all but one of them. Uh, they I've, can't help. They cannot help talking about the fact that I've he has two names. Or, uh, I'm sorry, two Fs. Yeah, in his yeah. Name. Every pit game mm-hmm. I've watched, that's all they talked about, and I've watched three. Yeah, because that's what I've been able to watch. They just need to get over it, you know. And they always tell the story too, like the announcer's like, "Oh, well, you know, you know, his grade school teacher is like, oh, well, you're just, yes, he goes, yeah. you know." And, they and thought because it was a substitute. Yeah, and his mom's like, the, "No, they, the sub thought that he was like." Screwing with her. No. And then he's like, no, it's with two Fs. And then they called his, his mom's like, no, it's with two Fs. And she's like, you're, that's how it's spelled. That's how you keep it. Cause he would, he, you know, wanted to drop the first F. Yeah. And, and his family was like, no, that's your name. You keep it. Yeah. Um, it's your name. You keep it. It's your family name. You keep it. That's what you do. Uh, but now they make a big deal of it, and every pit game you watch that you see on TV or listen to on radio, they're going to talk about that. Well, I guess they're um, only talking about it because he's making plays. Yeah, and you know what? That kid's going to get the NFL, and they'll talk about it then, too. If some guy on the uh, bench has a, a unique spelling, nobody makes a peep. Not at all. You know, the only way anybody's even going to notice your name is if you're out there on the field making plays. So, And he's making some fucking plays. Uh, Pitt... Um, is at the Q's, the Orange Men in Syracuse this weekend in the Carrier Dome Friday, uh, the 18th. Uh, so they have this as a bye week and Friday the 18th, uh, they got the Syracuse and they're going to have that, uh, game going on. And that goes to a back Big East rivalry, like no tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and that game, shit, uh, were you at the game? Cause I know I was. I think you were at the game too. That crazy 70- that basketball game. Yeah, yeah. That they played at Heinz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The basketball game played yeah. at Heinz. Because I, I, I was at that game as well. And then I think you and I talked later on that week, and we've talked on. This yeah, podcast. I went. I went to that game with my parents and my brother, and I think because it was a long game too. And at some point, my parents uh, were like, super "My parents game. were like, we're out, we're done," and they left. But you know, my brother and I stuck around, and like the. I mean, it was a shootout right to the end, and the finish was very dramatic as well, I, yeah, I recall. So 72-66 or some yeah. shit? Yeah. Yeah, it was something else. Uh, um, we don't need that again. No. The way their defense held Penn State, you would think that they will not give up 60 points to Syracuse. Not at all. And but Syracuse, you never know. Syracuse got murdered by a few teams here recently. Yeah. Um, I believe Syracuse has to play Notre Dame at some point this season. Uh, I'm not sure uh, off the top of my head. I think you're right. I believe Syracuse has played Notre Dame at some point this season. Um, speaking of Notre Dame, um, after that loss to Georgia, the Irish have rebounded uh, with wins over Virginia, which is a ranked team. And Virginia was the first team that came into Pitt and beat Pitt. Uh, and then, of course, um, Notre Dame... Went to uh, Bowling Green. Now I can't remember if no, it that was it. That was at South Bend. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had Virginia and South Bend. Or yeah, they had they Virginia. played Bowling Green. At yeah, yeah, South at Bend. Bowling Green at South Bend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had Bowling Green. Sorry, I said go to uh, Bowling Green. Came into 
South Bend, and they beat them uh, mercilessly. Pretty handily. It was a Bowling um, Green massacre. Wh- which Bowling Green was it? Was it Kentucky it's Ohio. or Ohio? It's Ohio. Because there's two. So. Could, we talked about this last time. The, the D3 one is the one in Kentucky. Yeah. The 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 Mac team is that, Ohio that beat Pitt not that not all that long ago. Yeah, that's Ohio. So Bowling Green um, got beaten up pretty bad in South Bend. Um, now um, they have USC this week at South Bend, and that's a rivalry game. It's uh, uh, it, it, it's earlier in the season than they typically play. Well, yeah, because Notre Dame <clears throat> has to. Um, now appease the ACC, yeah, um, to be able to be affiliated in all the other sports to the ACC, um, to play five ACC football games. Uh, but can't they just be like, listen, ACC, like we'll play one of your crap teams in mid October, and we well, will play, and we will is... play they, because they, that's like rivalry week right i know i know right but here's like black thing. friday yeah yeah did these did these words mean anything to you i know they do <laughs> they do trust me pit west virginia it's just know. it's just um but realignment the is, is, has changed a lot of the traditions it has that we and, grew up and with. with notre dame wanting to still be independent yeah and not join a conference in football but have but, but be in a league for all the other but, sports but be in a conference for all the other sports you can't really be you independent know, in basketball yeah you know, the big east the big east was cool with Notre Dame, because they're like, oh, you'll be independent in football, that's fine. But you want to join the Big East and everything else? Cool, go be independent in football. But that's whenever Penn State was still independent. Mm-hmm. Pitt was still independent. All these other schools were independent. And then Pitt joined the Big East. Yeah. Penn State was still independent. Then Penn State joined the Big Ten. And Notre Dame's like, well, we're still independent. Then mm-hmm. you got all these other independent schools out there. The thing with the independent schools, and the thing with Notre Dame, is I think they're the last big school... To be independent doesn't have to play a conference championship, mm-hmm. and if they go undefeated, they're guaranteed a top four spot now. And they pick their schedule for the most part, other than the five AC squads they have to yeah. play. But they're still going to play Michigan. They're still going to play uh, Stanford. They're still going to play USC. They're still going to play. You know, now they might not play Michigan every year. They might not play Stanford every year. They might play USC every year. They might play Pitt every year, but. They have to play five ACC schools, and they already went outside their box and played an SEC school, Georgia. Well, I mean, and lost. I'm glad. That, I'm glad you brought that up because, I mean, Georgia's better than Stanford. Way better. So than if you want to, if you want to argue that they play a hard schedule, you know, like that's that's a good thing that they did that that they challenged themselves, um, and it was a lot closer than a lot of people were were predicting. It was. Um, I told you I turned away from that game in the second half. I did as well. It was looking bad. I did as well. But I mean, you know, I flipped they, back to it. But I they they fought back and they they kept it close till the end. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Notre Dame lost to Georgia. As far as anyone's concerned, Notre Dame's still in the top ten, but they're not a playoff contender. Uh it depends on who ends up with losses at the end of the year and records. That's what it's come down to. At this point right now, they're going to get high bowl. But yeah. They're not at this point right now. Notre Dame will get a high bowl, but they're not going to be in the top four unless a lot of other teams lose, and a lot of other teams lose to ranked schools. Like Ohio State can go ahead and lose to Marshall tomorrow, though I know they're not playing Marshall. No. Um, you know, and Notre Dame would still be where they are. But if Notre if Ohio State Lose to Penn State, or 
you know, uh, Wisconsin loses to Iowa or um, Georgia or Alabama lose to each other. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's going to be room. But you're right. As of right now, that one loss to Georgia, they're not going to be a top four at all. And they're not going to make that little playoff circle. Did they even did they open up to eight games this year, or is it just four? No, it's just four. Just four. four. Teams. They're still talking about the eight game. So we'll see how that. When they open up the eight games, I think Nerding gets in every year. Eight. When they open up the eight <clears> teams, <throat> I think Nerding gets in every year. Eight's perfect. Yeah, it would be. I I I don't. I, I uh, what you just said is going to make people not like the eight game solution because the people who hate Notre Dame. But Notre Dame gets in every year when they open up the. Eight the way teams. I look at it, if you have eight, if you have an eighteen playoff, then you take the winner of every Power Five conference. You take Notre and Dame, and then you have three. <laughs> no, you have three at-large teams to round out the field. It could be a second team from the SEC, a second team from the Big Ten, and then maybe not Notre Dame. I don't know. Maybe Boise they have State. two losses, Boise and you've State. got an undefeated Boise State. Boise State, or an undefeated uh, U- UCF. Which you don't have this year, because of why, baby? Pit, Pit baby. beat them! Uh, but yeah, or you have an undefeated Miami, that yeah. you know, or a one-loss Miami, and their loss was a Clemson. You know, <laughs> something like that. There's always going to be controversy. There's always going to be controversy. When you're having voting and like computer rankings. But I think... There's like an open week where they could play a quarterfinal round. Definitely. I don't want to make it any bigger you know than eight. I don't you want to make it any bigger than eight. That week between... But the FCS does have a 16. They do. I I mean, I'm just saying. I mean... I think eight, eight team is perfect. And that week between Christmas and New Year's could be used for that. Yeah. You, you don't need... You, you could run... You know... Eight teams, so that's what? Two, four, six, eight. Four games Yeah, that week between Christmas and New Year's. Well, you got that one weekend where there's nothing but Army-Navy. Personally, leave that for Army-Navy. Why? Tradition. Tradition. Leave that Saturday for Army-Navy. But that's the weekend that I was talking about. I know that's the weekend you're talking about. If we don't, if we leave the Army Navy game alone, then that makes the 18 playoff. So what are you gonna do? Move the Army Navy game to like uh, the day before Thanksgiving, or the day after Thanksgiving? No, keep it where it is, but just don't have any other games up against it. Play like one one game Friday night. You know, give that noon kickoff to Army Navy. You know, and then. Then like play a couple and like stagger them. Put put them on a couple different channels. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah. Stagger them so people can like flip. Watch back and all forth. the games. Yeah, you know. I don't know. Yeah, that week between Christmas and New Year's, they could totally fit four games in. It's, the only thing is like it's it's tough to get people to like commit to watching a thing on TV that's four hours long when they've got all the like Christmas stuff to deal with. Have they met most of the people in Pittsburgh? Right, Honestly, but in addition, yeah. in addition yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. Steelers game, <laughs> which everyone's going to watch regardless of if they're right. like seven and six or whatever. You yeah. Know. Uh, by the way, Steelers tickets are super cheap right now, and you might want to buy those. Uh, but in the meantime, though, 
Uh, let's move on to WVU. They took care of Kansas, uh, 29-24, then lost Saturday to Texas in Morgantown, 42-31. Um, Iowa State uh, is up next for them this week. I haven't really been paying too much uh, attention to West Virginia because I hate them. Uh, but also, it seems to me the attention I've been paying to them uh, has been in every other. Um, they win one, they lose one, they win one, they lose one, they win one, they lose one. I really wanted to watch that game, but it was on opposite Florida-Auburn. Which was a much more... A, much a better, lot more on, on the table. A better game to watch. These are two undefeated teams. Yeah. Um, so, not that I can't like flip back and forth. Um you or know. pull one up on your iPad or But whatever. you gotta pick one game, that's your game, and then you switch to other games during commercials. Yep. It's just, you know, Big 12 just doesn't fire for me right now. I had some guests in a restaurant this week that were in from uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Um, that were in town uh, for the West Virginia game. They were staying here in downtown Pittsburgh and making that 70-mile commute south. Uh, to watch their beloved Mountaineers uh, this weekend. Big game in the Big 12 with Texas. Uh, Texas was ranked. Uh, and uh, the Mountaineers are just having one of those seasons with a new coach, um, some some young players, and uh, that's pretty much... Uh, they're they're going to be idle for a few moments. They're, they'll probably be a 500 team uh, for, for that matter. Now, move on to some Big Ten football. Uh, Penn State. Penn State uh, went to Maryland last week on a Friday night. And they beat the Terps 59 to nothing. <laughs> Which was crazy. Uh, because you have a former Steelers player uh, kid. Uh, former Steelers player, former Steelers coach kid on Penn State, and you have the current Steelers coach kid on Maryland. Mm-hmm. Now they're both red shirts. So, meh. They didn't get to see each other other than the handshake uh, that they'd known each other growing up here in the WPAO. Uh But Penn State handled Maryland 59 nothing with no problem. They went to uh, Purdue, went into Happy Valley, um, and they won that game 35-7. to uh, Purdue... Uh, doesn't look very good now. Uh, currently, um, now Penn State's little kidney punch, kicking aside, little jab is this weekend. Who do you think that is? Iowa. Boom. Matt's got it right there. At Iowa. At Iowa. Iowa City, which is a tough place to play. Um, there will be. The Iowa City Wave, which is probably the best thing in college football, um, in my personal opinion. And if you want to try to change my mind, I'll fight you on it. Um, Like, here on the floor right now. Alright, I'm not Um, trying to fight anybody. There's a lot of traditions in college football, though. Like, No, but the Iowa City Wave... I know. I know what it is. You know, uh, it's probably most awesome. It's It's not a college football tradition. It's something that... Uh, the Iowa fans do. They turn to the kids in the children's hospital. Everybody waves after the first quarter. Um, it's just a great tradition. 
uh, that they started since they built that hospital. It's awesome. And hopefully Penn State um, does their due diligence mm. and waves as well. And in the well, meantime, Penn State likes kids too. They do. <laughs> they do, apparently. Um, but yes, so I was a tough spot to play. Penn State. I was been Penn State's nemesis now for years. Yeah, they have been. They they are, and they've. Uh, you know, they lost to Michigan last week, but they held on to like ten points. So. <clears throat> Michigan's yeah. Michigan's defense is better than their offense, yeah, yeah. but was, Iowa's also got a pretty good defense. To hold any college football team to ten points well, last week, is not easy to do. Well, last week, Michigan, they said that was Michigan's um, lowest point value win over top of any team. <laughs> like, ever? Uh, since in the, no, since no. the forward pass was invented? In the Big Ten. In, okay. You know, well, they've been in the Big Ten about as long as mm-hmm. people been throwing the ball forward. Yeah, um, so it was like kind of there. I don't know exactly what it was, but it was like Michigan's Michigan's lowest point total win over Iowa. It might have been just over Iowa, but yeah, it was stupid. And I had a friend of mine at that game in um, the big house who's been a Michigan fan since we were little kids. Um, he goes up every year, makes a pilgrimage to Ann Arbor. Uh, him and his wife now. Um, he's incorporated her. So mm. he's turned her, her into a blue fan and whatnot. Sounds like brainwashing if you ask me. <laughs> well, there's the first five years of their marriage she didn't go. And then mm-hmm. he hung out with cheerleaders one day. Oh. <laughs> I see how that works. <laughs> so then the wife started to want to go. But anyway, here to there. Kevin, you're so awesome. Going to Michigan. Hanging out. Uh, but then, okay, so did you hear something about the, uh, Penn State alumni? Yeah, dude. That really pissed me off. As much as I hate Penn State, it pissed me off, Okay, too. So, so some background, so some guy who claimed to be an older Penn State alum... Correct. ...wrote a completely unsolicited letter to one of the players on Penn State... Basically saying, like, you look like an asshole out there with your dreads. Like, basically use the Wesley Willis, like, cut the mullet argument. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was and, like, he's and, like, me and my wife were both Penn State alums. We both played sports back in our younger days. Uh, where we, uh, you know, pride ourselves at Penn State <clears throat> and so forth. But we really missed the clean cut players. Uh, and so forth, and, and he didn't. He didn't say it, but like there was a there was a strong subtext of "I'm an old white dude," pretty much. And did you hear James Franklin? Uh, I I heard him briefly, uh, dude. All he, on Twitter, he didn't need to be. Whatnot. Well, he did a statement in his press conference because someone asked him about it, and he said, like, basically, what should be the final word on this whole controversy? He said, you know. Football gives us here in Happy Valley and in State College and in Pennsylvania. Football is an opportunity for people to come together, people from all different backgrounds to come together and to unite. You know, in in like in order to like support the Penn State football team. And he went on to say about and I I I'm sorry that I can't 
come up with the guy's name right now, but like I can't come up with his name either. James Franklin basically said like he's one of the most positive people in our locker room. He's one of the most like hardworking people in our locker room. He's a dean's list student, and I would be honored if my daughters would marry somebody with the character of this young man with dreadlocks. And like, you can't beat that. If he if he said I'd be honored if my daughters would marry. Somebody with the character of this person with dreadlocks. And James you, Franklin you, comes you, off sometimes as a jagoff in he does. his press conferences. He does. He comes off with the Bill Belichick. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to like drive up to Happy Valley and, and give him just a hug. give him a high five. Give him a high five. Give him a hug. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's and that's like, of course, a coach is going to go to bat for his players, right? But I, I feel like he went like above and beyond with that. Like, I would like my daughters to marry someone well, like him. Well, you, you know, know what I mean. Amanda asked me last night in the Monday Night Football game, and, um, shit. Uh, I mean, it's not like Penn State has names on the back of their no, jerseys. No, 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 no. My only problem with long-haired football players is you can't see the well, name. Well, well, but then you got to learn. 43, that's Paul Amali. Well, well, okay. Didn't take long to fucking that's get why, that straight, you know? That's why Amanda asked me last night in the Monday Night Football game uh, with the um, Browns and uh, uh, Niners. Niners, yeah. She's like... She looked at me and she goes, I can't read the name of his jersey. She goes, doesn't he get fined for having his name unreadable? I'm like, you are correct. He gets fined $1,000 a game. That's Richard Sherman, by the way. And, <laughs> Richard um, Sherman's good. I'm like, <laughs> and he's okay paying $1,000. He's got $1,000. I mean, I yeah. mean, Troy Polamalu paid $1,000 a game because his hair was over top of the nameplate of his jersey. But here's the thing. You can't find college players because they don't have players. any money. They don't have any money because they're not allowed to have money. Yeah. They're not allowed to work, and that'd be a lot of, of that'd them, be a lot of fine money paid out and, by and, like Happy Valley notice, Ford dealership. And if you, and if you notice, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, but if you notice, what? not a lot of college teams have nameplates on their jerseys. A lot of them do. It's it's just yeah. like it's uh, Penn State the Penn State thing. Yeah, I, I watched the the Pitt Penn State game with our buddy Hess. Ah. And I, I was, you know, making some cracks about, like, who are these guys? I don't even know who these guys are. I don't you see know, a name the, on their The jersey. only year that Penn State had names on the back of the jerseys was the season, like, the season with Bill O'Brien. The first Bill O'Brien season oh. after, after the whole Sandusky-Joe Paw mess. Yep. And the reason Bill O'Brien decided to break that tradition and put names on the jerseys was to honor the guys who stuck around amidst all the drama and disgusting yeah. controversy. And, you know, he said for that year anyway, like, they deserve to get name recognition for, you know, being a Stay, part of the program. Being a part but of the program. then O'Brien's out and Franklin's in, and they went right back to the way they've always done it. I'm fine with that because in football, like, in football it doesn't matter as much. What drives me nuts is that I don't know who any of the Yankees are. And they... <laughs> that does like I'm other wa- than Aaron I'm Judge. Watching, I'm watching like what what's Encarnacion? Yeah, is up to bat, and I'm like, this guy looks scary as fuck. But like, who is he even? You know? <laughs> yeah, they Aaron, don't, they don't have number two Jeter anymore. I yeah. I, I memorized that, but yeah. now he's gone. Aaron Judge is 99. Yeah, well, that's, that's easy. I know. Yeah. Oh, hey, episode 99, the Aaron Judge episode, right? Uh, but yeah, yeah, name plates on the jerseys would be awesome. Uh, across the board to help us folks out 
Um, I, you know, but if you're in college and you have a nameplate and you have dreads, well, shit, I talked. They to, can't find you. I I, I talked to uh, uh, Bill Hogrove one day, mm-hmm. and I asked him how does he deal with. He has spotters. That, well, no, he, yeah, you're right. He has spotters, guys on the side, they all do. Forth, and they all have earbuds in. Yeah, and, and they have guys in the end zones too, so yeah. they can like look at the backs of the jerseys yeah. with binoculars. But he said for the college games and the players that don't have the names on their jerseys, they definitely use the spotters and so forth. And he said, "Yeah, we have spotters around, um, and we have earbuds in, um, which helps the play by play." Yeah, he goes, it's "Not like the old days where like Myron's like, hey, my God, he's number thirty nine, run down field, he's going down.'" And like, I don't even know who number thirty nine was in nineteen seventy seven, but you know what? <laughs> you know, it, it worked then. Now yeah. everyone wants to know the name, the position, everything else like that. Um, and people are just so critical. Like, yeah. people jump all over Hillgrove if he, like, messes up a call. I don't. I don't either. I don't. It's not easy. I love listening to Hillgrove. Yeah, he's got honestly. a great he's got a great voice, and he's old school. Like, he's been doing pit games for as long as anybody yeah. can remember. I love listening for pit football, pit basketball, and even uh, Stewart's football. Um, some of his Keller guys in Stewart's football don't need to be smacked around. But, uh, not a wolf, not a wolf fan. Hey, you know, sometimes time to maybe know. like freshen up the routine a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Wolf tries to be a Myron, but I mean, well, you know, the the whole thing with Wolf is like he likes to talk about food, and he yeah. likes to talk about how dumb he is. Yeah, and like, yeah, I need I need more than that. Exactly. You know, I mean, I I wouldn't mind having. Uh, and and the thing is, Wolf's not dumb. He's not. He, but he I, just he just plays it up because he like went to Syracuse and then played in the NFL. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having Merle Hodge in the booth, but that's but just he me. like here's the thing: Wolfley went to Syracuse and he's now working in sports media, just like <laughs> every other person who graduated from Syracuse. So he's actually on the same exact career path as like Andrew Filipponi. Right, exactly. Uh. You know, like who's like not a dumb jock? He's just like a consummate troll. Mm-hmm. And, oh, God, and he picked the Steelers to make the playoffs, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Oh, is that it, our segue? It, in the meantime, though, you have uh, Gardner Minshew, mm. the second. How about his video um, that they uh, paired up and did a video with him being Uncle Rico? Well, he met Uncle Rico. He did. Yeah. Um, so that was quite interesting. If you did not see that video, go ahead and look that up on the uh, interwebs. That's uh, out there for you. How about the... Uh, uh, Baker handshake and the uh, Bosa flag post. What do you think about that last night? Um, did you? Did I don't you... care about that kind of stuff. You know. Apparently, I, did you? You know what happened? I I know about the flag post. Okay. Because I I know about Baker Mayfield's antics in college at Ohio State, and, and so Bosa, forth. you know, is an Ohio State guy. Yeah. So it's a little a little bit of a comeuppance, and that's fine. Yeah. You know that's why the that's why the NFL. Is finally NFL got smart about celebration, letting the guys like, hey, celebrate some shit. Uh, if you, you know, like five know, years ago, that would have been a fifteen yard penalty, probably for taunting. Two years ago, yeah. But if you guys didn't know, um, last night, uh, Bosa, Nick Bosa, by the way, um, sacked Baker Mayfield, and then went ahead into the uh, went ahead into the uh, uh, pose of swinging the flag and then posting the flag where. Um, Baker Mayfield beat Ohio State um, 
when he played for Oklahoma in college, and they went out to midfield, and he swung the flag and posted the flag at the 50-yard line. So he was just repaying it for that aspect. Um, also, the Baker handshake, uh, Richard Sherman, uh, they are both captains for the game, uh, didn't shake uh, the hands uh, with anybody. Richard Sherman said that's some college bullshit and whatnot, and we'll get you. And apparently, they did. Mm-hmm. The Niners beat them the fuck up. Wait, Baker um, Mayfield didn't shake hands? Or? No, he didn't. Okay. He's kind of a jag. Well, I mean, he's kind of cocky. You're allowed to be a jag. You're allowed to be a jag. You're and allowed you're, to be cocky. you're allowed to be cocky if you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, even if it's for the Browns. Yeah. You know, and it's almost refreshing, you know, to see that. As opposed to someone like Roethlisberger, who is also a jag, but, like, always goes through all the motions of being, like, a respectable good boy. Mm-hmm. When, like, he was anything but, especially in his early career. Um, I think that's why, like, certain segments of the Pittsburgh fandom have kind of this, like, weird fascination with the Browns right now. Yeah. Because they're, they're not the Ravens. They're not the Ravens. They're, they're still not going to be, like, good. They're still going to be great. But they've got a quarterback who's colorful. Cocky cocky um you know he's got those commercials where he like lives at the stadium and has to like walk all the way across the field to like get to the refrigerator you know yeah and i don't i don't know if that's his actual wife in that ad with him but like i don't think he has a wife if she's asking for a straw in this day and age man you need you need to fucking send her a link about turtles and then dump her ass okay (laughs) That's hilarious. Send her like about. I'm just saying, man. Like, come on. She's like straw. Like, unless Baker Mayfield has those. All right. Maybe he has those reusable metal straws. All right. Let's move on to some important shit here about the Steelers. Uh, The Steelers uh, this past week played the Ravens here at home in Pittsburgh. Lost this game in overtime, twenty six to twenty four. Twenty six, twenty three, twenty three. Yeah, I thought by a field goal. Yeah, by field goal. Um, This game. I would put on. I want to put this game on the defense for the sole purpose of the Steelers go ahead with the 23 under two minutes left, and they let the Ravens drive down the fucking field. Don't stop them. Don't make an interception. Don't even make a deflection. Uh, let him go. First down, first down, all the way down. But there and was that have, roughing the passer call uh, that was uh, complete bullshit. Yes, you're correct about the roughing the passer call, which could be bullshit. But the defense in general, other than that call, let them get into a uh, field goal tying moment with Justin Tucker, who is probably the most accurate kicker in the NFL right now. But other than that drive, the defense played awesome. Like, Yes, you're my, correct. My fantasy league, we switched to individual defensive players this year. And I'm doing great in that setup. My only regret is that I don't have any kind of concept of like how good the Steelers' defense would be doing as a unit, because the the you know Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, you know T.J. Watt, like those guys are great as getting a unit. more pressure on the quarterbacks. And like, granted, they didn't do it against Brady, but I think that's partly because it's New England. It's New England. But, I think yeah. that's a lingering effect of like the pact with Satan slash like defense department conspiracy that put Brady in charge of the Patriots in the first place. Um, 
So there's that. But I, I think the Steelers' defense has been really good this year. It's been better. It's been good. I feel like this game was just one of those games. It was like, one of those games. You, but you like, expect this, to lose a close game yeah, to Baltimore. Yeah. But, but this game was the game that the Steelers won. They're tied for first. Currently, now they are in third, looking outside the box. Now, they are not out of anything whatsoever because this division sucks in general. Because Cleveland obviously got manhandled on Monday Night Football to San Francisco 49ers. We saw Cleveland beat Baltimore. We've seen Cleveland get beat by uh, the Rams. We've seen uh, Baltimore get beat by... Oh, shit. Who did they get beat by? Um, either way, the top two teams above us are 2-4, and four, and we're sitting here at 1-4. and four. So we're three games outside first, but it doesn't take too many more losses to put us up front. This this division could be won at eight and eight or even nine and seven for that matter. Last year the Steelers were sitting there at nine and seven looking for a fucking wild card. And Cleveland didn't beat Baltimore and we didn't get the wild card. Or at that point it might have been, it, no, it was a division last year at mm-hmm. nine and seven. That's what they were looking for. Um this division's still up for grabs. I'm not writing them off what fucking soever. Uh, being one of four right now, just because the division is horrible. And Cincinnati, Cincinnati's gonna beat Cleveland. They're gonna beat Baltimore. One, of the, they're not gonna go zero sixteen. They're gonna beat one of the division teams. I don't. They might even beat the Steelers. They might get Cincinnati. a win. They, they, you can't. You can't say that they're gonna necessarily win a division game. But they. I mean, it's hard to go zero and sixteen. It is. You know who they? They, they got the Western Division. There's what two teams go zero sixteen in the NFL ever. The Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Um, so the uh, Cleveland go in sixteen. I think they went one in sixteen twice. I think they might have won their last game because they were. I think it was only the the Lions went in sixteen. Cleveland might have no, won. No, Cleveland own. had that parade. That oh year. yeah, the own so sixteen they, they parade. Did yeah, go yeah. yeah, they did. So, now the thing about so the thing about Cincinnati, like yeah, we need them to win a division game. Yeah, um, <laughs> not against us. It's not. It's not going to be like easy, but I did. Uh, I definitely put in a waiver claim for Andy Dalton in I, fantasy. I actually had Andy Dalton, and I gave him up for um, Giants. Yeah, uh, Daniels, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Yeah. See, here's my thing. So, like, well, the, I, the, I have the, Patrick the week, Mahomes. The week I gave him up was against the Steelers, and mm-hmm. I'm glad I did because Daniel Jones scored 16 points. And uh, Andy Dalton scored three, uh, but so I've I've got I rode Daniel Jones last week. I've got Mahomes. Uh, he rolled his ankle a little bit. I decided I needed a a quarterback with a good matchup, as you know, like an insurance policy. Yeah, and Dalton's got a good matchup this week. Um, I don't know. How about? What did you think of uh, Devlin? You know, Duck Dynasty there, man. I'm cool with him. He came in. He's Duck Dynasty? That's his name. I didn't know that. That's his nickname. I had no idea. He's a world championship duck caller. Oh, really? Yeah. That's why his name's Duck. I didn't know that. His name's Duck Devlin. I I had no clue. That's his nickname. I saw some references to ducks on, on Twitter and I I just thought it was like irony posting because he actually throws a surprisingly good ball. 
No, no. I, I thought I thought he was zipping him in there better than Rudolph. No, no disrespect to Rudolph, and like I wish yeah. him a speedy recovery. But Devlin Hodges well, throws a tight spiral. He does. He's accurate. I thought I thought Rudolph before he got hurt was overthrowing guys and uh, throwing balls behind guys, and he he had a couple passes that were just blatant drops that you can't blame on the quarterback, but. It seemed like the the quarterback play got better. Uh, it did. Well, it, I, I have done here in the bottom of the notes. Hodges, uh, only Walter Payton Award winner, uh, not drafted. Okay, ever. He won the Walter Payton Award and he wasn't drafted. First player to win that award, not drafted ever. Best FCS quarterback ever, uh, with stats. Uh, broke Steve McNair's uh, record in passing yards and touchdown record. In the FCS. Mm. Undrafted. Free agent. That's the stats I've written down there at the bottom of the uh, notes. But in the meantime, though, Mason Rudolph did take a horrible hit. Uh, took him out uh, this game. And Jones is... Er, sorry, Johnson. Um, he was like... Took the 15-yard personal file, but he was broken up over it. Like, yeah. He had no means or intent or anything... Uh, malicious intent, not like a Vontaze perfect type. Yeah, it was. Guy. It was just one of those plays uh, where he's, those plays he's where out there scrambling. He's out there scrambling. You don't he's know where he's gonna go. He's you don't, you don't know hit. if he's gonna like tuck you know, it and run. You don't know if he's yeah. gonna try to throw he's, it. He's going to hit. He's going to to take down the quarterback, and the quarterback got taken down from behind, and his helmet went in on his chin. That's all it was. Is nothing malicious. Um, uh, he went down. Mason went down. He was knocked the fuck out. Uh, and then Juju was like all broken up over it. A lot of players were broken mm-hmm. up over it. Shazir was like, "Oh my god," you know, because Shazir saw his life flash before his eyes. Uh, but these guys were like, you know, they're doing their thing, and shit happens. It's the NFL. That's what it is. Um, the Ravens game was very tight. All the way, uh, it wasn't tight in the first quarter. It was tight uh, after the first quarter. Uh, I do lay blame on the defense for that fourth quarter for letting the Ravens just drive down the field and get that tying field goal. Justin Tucker is the most accurate kicker in the NFL right now. Uh, next to Steven Goskowski, who's out. Apparently, I didn't know that this week because I had zero points for my kicker. Um <laughs> But that's a fancy issue. Um, and then Tucker's field goal in overtime, that shit. I thought he was going to miss it, man. Dude, I thought it hooked around. It went straight, it went, and then it went way left, and then it hooked back <laughs> to the back, right. I thought it hooked around the back uh. side of the pole. And they're like, no, that's good. I'm like, well, it went around the pole. And, and, and then you see it like 14 more angles, and you're like, now that oh, was a fuck, he made it. that was a gutsy call. Yeah, in overtime to give the ball to Baltimore. It was, and why was that call made? Because Tomlin had no faith in the special teams to have Boswell give enough hang time to kick the ball and pin them inside the fifteen. Yeah, and so while we're sitting there on TV watching this shit, and Cam Hayward was in the thing, and they cut the mic off. On the TV, and we're like, "What the fuck's going on? This is taking longer than it should. Is this another Betis deal? Did they mess up the the coin toss? No. 
Um, you saw Kane Hayward. His disgust, like, and he got to defend the ball over here. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, Steelers give the Ravens, the, you know, the ball in the in, in the first part. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? I thought it was the right like, call because the defense was playing way better than the offense at that point. At that point in time, and you're you, correct. The, it worked out. If it wouldn't have worked out, everybody's questioning if you take, Tomlin. If you take the kick and you get the ball, like, around the 20, yeah, and, like, 20. maybe you pick up a first down and then you punt... And you're looking at Baltimore might start their drive at like the forty. Yeah. Okay. You kick it deep, and and the other issue that that was that was a problem was that the Steelers' kick return is atrocious right now. It is. And uh, that was very evident from like the start of the game. Yeah. So Tomlin had less faith in his special teams than he ever did. But in the meantime, folks, thank you very much for listening to Matt and I here at Bold Sports. We'll be back next week with episode 100. Can you believe it? Episode 100. Um, Thank you very much. And we'll see if we have something special come on next week. And we'll see what's going on. Thank you very much. And we'll be right back next week. And listen to what our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview have going on. Peace. Hey, Ians. Thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend with the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag BoldSports. BoldPittsburgh on the Facebook or BoldPGH.com.